you're about to listen to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio Network. To listen to other shows just like this, go to foureyedradio.com. Like our show, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Where we talk everything and anything about Pokemon. Learn something new. Like, did you know that every Pokemon card is misprinted on the back? The ball centerpiece opens on the wrong side. <laughs> what? I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah, you can learn stuff like that, which I just learned right now. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I'm going to add him in. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's kid- not, not quite the reaction I think he was looking for. Oh my god. <laughs> Screw you, Eric. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stop laughing at me. I'm not laughing uh, at you. Oh god. Hello, well. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Eric? How are you? <laughs> hey, Jason. Got uh, AP and Zach here too. Hey, AP Jason. and Zach here too. What's going on, you two? It's nice to hear your voice. Well, it's nice to, um, I guess, reconnect or connect for the first time because I don't know if I've ever met AP, and I guess that's part of the mystery. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we only met her in person the first time at last year's Ranger Stop convention. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's like it's hyper hyper secret. Uh, just, just about. <laughs> we, we we can go with that. That works. Is that AP season two? Is hyper secret Ranger fan? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Are you doing okay? I know it's. Kind of the shape of the world has dramatically changed over the last six months. Uh, yeah, every day is a new level of hell, I've been saying. so. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you're in Florida, so that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, yeah. dude, you are now Florida, man. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think you get a prize, Jason. I think you're the millionth. Friend to make that joke. So. Uh, no, it, it's, you know what? It's, it's honestly, it's not that bad. However... I feel safer going to Disney than I do going to the grocery store, so that should say something. Oh, I believe it. I totally like, believe it. If a business is not following regulations, there's like a hotline you can call, and they'll like go out and like <laughs> tell them that they need to follow regulations, <laughs> or they'll get fined like thousands of dollars. There's a Tattle Squad. I love it. Yeah, basically. I like that name, Tattle Squad. That's cool. <laughs> you know, we're all living in this really spectacular time of um, on on. <laughs> so our our respective armors have grown so yeah. substantively thick that it's just like oh yeah uh entirety of the world has changed uh overnight okay yep i i can do that you know and then oh our, our governmental response is complete garbage and it's going to lead to the deaths of 200,000 americans and maybe some more that's awful uh and that's unfortunately the reality that we're living with Oh, and by the way, election subversion and wildfires oh. and familial drama. And it just, it's like, at this point, I think we are all just made of steel. And I'm certainly grateful to be in the position that I'm in. But I will say that I think we're all living through the same trauma um, collectively, yeah. right? And yeah. it's amazing what our capacity is to take on more because it just seems like there's more on more on more but no man it's stuff like this like just simply poor folks getting together that i think is keeping everybody above the waterline i'm grateful for the the opportunity just to jam with you guys oh Uh, yeah you know this is this is just cool 
And uh, if nothing else, you know, w- whether it was broadcast or not, I think this kind of stuff is just critical. So thanks for reaching out. And thanks for connecting. You know, I'll cut things down like little funny snippets for, for our sure. intro. So you know how it is, Jason. I mean, you, yeah, you I, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a hardcore fan. I've always been a fan. I'll never stop being a fan. And that certainly extends to um, Ranger Command, right? I am a, I was telling Eric a couple weeks ago, I'm still a faithful listener. You know, on the odd days that I do go out on Sunday mornings for groceries and stuff, I'm, I'm rocking you guys in my earbuds. So it's a bit strange i guess in the best way possible that now i'm engaging in the interactive version of the podcast oh, as opposed I, to just the the listener version but i might i might cause some technical difficulties right now just so you get the full ranger command oh here. yeah oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> i might just break my microphone and now on ranger command power hour ay 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 it's the ranger command power hour Today on the Power Hour, episode 167, Rangers Power Down with Jason Bischoff. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P, Steve F, Doug F, AJW, Tyler W, Tyler B, Tyler D, Eric D, Jacob P, Steve M, Liz M, Craig M, Callum M, Mason M, Hassan A, Bo H, Raheem Y, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. And listeners, we have a very special uh, guest who is part of Ranger Nation and was part of it behind the scenes and you've heard him on the show before way back in episode 80 that we did in november 2016 which feels like a decade oh, ago simpler times we, we, <laughs> so we've got jason bischoff joining us welcome jason and i'm jason also known as hollywood secret ranger trekkie fan <laughs> um, <laughs> what's up everybody it's nice to reconnect it's pretty bonkers to think it's been almost four years since we last spoke yes yes well that was just you and me oh yeah that was back during the saban brand days (laughs) wow that was just you and me for that original episode right yes okay yeah uh yeah that was like i had to get everything approved like all the questions approved in advance yeah through Lindsay. yeah (laughs) once upon a time Uh, so for, for our listeners, uh, you can go back, hear that original I- interview, but uh, currently Jason is now with uh, Funko. So how's the Funko life? Oh, dude, or dudes and dudettes. Uh, <laughs> I am, I'm so very grateful. And I guess I'll caveat before we go any further into stuff today that, you know, look, let's just be real. The whole world is different right now. And yeah. you know, everything that we're going to be talking about is entirely a privilege. Uh, and I just want everybody uh, both here and at the at-home audience to know that. So when I talk about stuff, know in the back of my mind, for as much as it's fun to talk about fun stuff, you know, the world is very different. And I know a lot of people are hurting right now. So, yeah. um, you know, please forgive me as we're talking about cool stuff and we're having good fun today. Um, I think we all need it a little bit. But on that token, I'll kind of just simply say that I am so very, very grateful to be doing what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, and especially who I'm doing it for Mm-hmm. The Funko crew, it's strange to think, but it'll be a year now that I'm at Funko. Yeah. 
And it's been a wondrous journey, some incredible like-minded people. It's sort of a, a sense of camaraderie that I have not felt since my Blizzard days in some respects, and to maybe illustrate it for everybody. So uh, how do I say this? In my previous lives, uh, you know, I've, I've sort of had a broad spectrum of, of experiences. Uh, mm-hmm. And in my previous life to this one, you know, I was in an environment that was very corporate, let's say that. So when I came over to, to Funko, the first thing, almost within the first week, uh, what was flagged to me was that there were too many Jasons in the company. And so I would <laughs> hen- henceforth be known as Biscuit. And so to explain that to everybody, I know it's ridiculous. My last name is Bischoff, right? Yeah. Which is very close to the the cookie, the Biscoff cookie, if you're familiar. I make that joke every time I'm on a plane. And uh, <laughs> the last time Teresa and I were on a plane and we had those... <laughs> <laughs> she brought it up. <laughs> yeah, well, and and so my boss was like, "Yeah, instead of calling you Jason, we're going to call you Biscuit." Which, again, I was like, "All in." That sense of camaraderie is certainly welcome, um, especially when you're starting a job. Mm-hmm. And then uh, other people in, in the company started using it, and it mutated. And so nowadays, almost everybody in the company calls me JJ Biscuits. Um, <laughs> So I, again, I'm just, I'm super grateful to be doing what I'm doing when I'm doing it, especially now in the yeah. midst of COVID. And then especially for Funko, because it's just really cool, like-minded people that welcomed me in with, with open arms. Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. So the reason uh, we've got you on, not, not only just to like, you know, throw down and just chat, but you've always been part of Ranger Nation, obviously, but nowadays you're like really getting back into it with your Power Down series. Yeah. And could you maybe tell us a little bit more about like the premise for Power Down? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, before we kind of get into it, I just want to quickly throw out to all of you guys you can you're welcome to ask any and all questions right we needn't focus on any one particular area i appreciate you bringing up power down um power down for me is just it's an opportunity to express myself to get a bunch of those ideas that were maybe in the back of my mind that i never got to um get out or explore whilst i was working on the franchise and or maybe even attempt to explain some things that were already baked into the franchise or really just like tell some behind the scenes stories or development stories. You know, it's sort of an all encompassing thing. I, I posted uh, a little marquee card on, on Twitter as to what Power Down was specifically. And it's totally behind the scenes and never realized ideas and really just my whimsy, um, things that excite me about Power Rangers still. So, you know, to date, we've had a, I, I posted a number of articles or little threads about you know, things that really excite me this past week, or I should say today <laughs> specifically, <laughs> uh, I posted some stuff around SPD and Fire Squad specifically. And then outside of that, I've, I've done some guessing on some other pods like Let's Talk Toku, where I got to sort of pitch my version of Q-Ranger, which I called Power Ranger Supernova. So it's really just been a catch-all, have some fun and uh, excite fellow fans like myself. That video, by the way, I did, I did watch as uh, Let's Talk Toku was streaming and I was on the edge of my seat, just like, yes, tell me more. I love this story so much. Uh, you know, you had thought out such a great plot line, uh, the way you wanted the characters to be and, and how their stories were going to go. And I just was watching that whole video like a kid at Christmas, just like, uh-huh. And then what happens? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. 
Thanks. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic to watch. Yeah, and we'll link to all of that uh, in our show notes uh, for our listeners. But yeah, Jason, that pitch, it's almost like power down in some aspects, especially with Fire Squad and Supernova. It's almost like fan fiction but elevated and i'm not i'm not bringing down fan fiction or anything like that but it's like it's if just feels super polished thanks uh gosh how do i how do i sort of tackle that uh you're absolutely right it's entirely fan fiction right Mm -hmm. it just happens to be my version my head canon Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess once upon a time had some authority, but now upon a time has no authority whatsoever. So I've got the freedom to explore those things, again, that just kind of excite me about the franchise. And the polish piece is really just, it's what I feel in my heart, right? Yeah. Um, so, no, that's that's really cool of you to to shout out. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what I really loved about uh, Supernova was just how you were able to... Well, you preface it by saying, you know, sometimes Power Rangers is kind of like that four to eight age range. And this was more like the six to 11, still keep it in that target audience. And I think it was just a good mix of like callbacks for older fans while moving it forward and keeping it open for kids who may have not seen all the seasons. And just the inclusion of another alpha into the mix and an alpha becoming a ranger was really unique. Thanks. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like, you know, at least as the way I was approaching it, that was the whole point is I was trying to keep mm-hmm. my franchise hat on, or at least the, the old lessons, so to speak, that were infused into my old hat, but on the same token, try to do it the way that we would have done it, at least in the time that I was a part of the brand. So, yeah, I, and I appreciate you saying as much. You know, I, the mm-hmm. one thing that I wanted to do with Supernova specifically was to emphasize that Power Rangers is sort of this magical, impossible production. Uh, you know, it's yeah. it's something that's been around now, I guess, going on 28 years. And in every year of its existence, there were different people working both in front of the camera, behind the camera, and behind the scenes. Yet somehow it's been able to maintain some degree of consistency year over year. Now, the charter has changed, right, as as the brand changed between entities from Saban to Disney, back to Saban to Hasbro. You know, everybody, or I should say every governing body, had a slightly different perspective as to who, who the show was for. And that's really important because it reflects in the continuity, or at least in the expression of those shows. Because mm-hmm. some of those shows were definitely 4 to 8, and some of them were definitely 6 to 11. And mm-hmm. it, it's almost... You know, now looking back, if if you know that kind of as a rule of thumb, you can say almost instantly what seasons were for what demographic. Now, that's by no means an excuse. But if anything, it highlights the fact that it's pretty incredible that A, this thing is still around, B, that it's still consistently kind of what it is and, and still very much so leans into its elemental DNA. And then I guess C is just like... I don't know. I just I've, I've loved Power Rangers for a, a million different reasons, not the least of which is the lore. But on the same token, it really shouldn't exist. And it does. And that's a kind of magic in our world. Yeah. And that's what always has fascinated me about, like, behind the scenes and just the whole history of this production of Power Rangers, because I don't know many franchises if any that have gone like four different eras through different parts of ownership and still be 
relatively consistent throughout its entire now multi-decade run. It's pretty incredible. Well, and the other thing, too, and I guess this is something for the scholars of history in 100 years from now, as you know, as the world is shaped entirely by franchises and there's no more original ideas or whatever (laughs) in in the franchise apocalypse, right. Or what was that in, um, in demolition man, right. There was sort of like the franchise wars or whatever. (laughs) Right. Where uh, taco bell is dominating. It's like the only (laughs) restaurant left. Right. But you know, it's very interesting because as somebody who had, I guess, three and a half years to see and help shape this thing from the inside out, it's crazy because it's, you know, you're talking about 26 years of um, unredacted history. It's one show continuity for as, as many as there are like dimensions and timelines and stuff. There are no, at least up until this point, September 23rd, 2020, <laughs> there have been no like hard reboots of the core expression. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely there have been movies and each one kind of takes place in its own relative continuity or relative history, but pretty crazy because i don't think there's many if any other franchises that are like that no like even something like my other big fandom passion uh star trek um yeah we've had you know different like a different movie universe a different timeline but pretty consistently every main show has been like part of this prime timeline and what power rangers has done like whether it be through the comics or the movies or e- even the shows, especially in these later years have been this like multiverse concept. Yeah. And when you open it up to that, there's really nothing that's off the table at this point. Yeah. And it, you know, it's fascinating to me because let's be real power Rangers. And it's one of the things that I love most about it is that it is the kitchen sink of, mm-hmm. of IP, Right monsters and magic and time travel and um dinosaurs and it's just it's a giant yes and and again it really shouldn't work but it does it's going to be really interesting to me because you're seeing a lot of a lot of franchises in general embracing the idea of kind of the multiversity of Mm -hmm. it all right Mm -hmm. um so it's going to be so interesting to me because that's kind of the the next great innovation in franchises right now is multiverse um, and and every major franchise out there kind of has one or is it, or has a, at least alluded to one, much of that driven by the idea that nobody wants to disenfranchise any one given fan, depending on what era they came out of or what content kind of inspired them initially. Right. But I really wonder what's the next big innovation going to look like outside of multiverse? You know, is it I, I have to wonder, is it going to be something like um, DC in the mid to late 80s had this big event called Crisis on Infinite Earths? And yeah. they said, yep, the multiverse is a big deal, but we're going to break it. We're going to completely destroy it and make it one streamlined continuity again. I wonder if that's going to be you know, the shape of things in, in five, ten years from now, or if it'll be something else. It's It's fascinating. But again, I love Power Rangers because it dares to embrace all of it. It's pretty incredible. So Supernova was great, and what you dropped today I thought was <laughs> even cooler. All three of us are just huge SPD fans, mm. and if you know one of you want to tackle it, Fire Squad, what Jason announced today, how is that like? Oh, yeah. I mean, I read through the thread, of course, and just everything about it is fantastic, and it's stuff I, I would love to see realized in some fashion. In particular, I really enjoyed... Sky's Deco Ranger having that spectrum shift to kind of 
pay homage to his time both as a blue and as a red. And it kind of made me think of that two-parter where we got his backstory of Murloc, his father, and I kind of actually want to go watch it again. <laughs> We're going to do the Ranger, the Power Hour watch-along next, so stay yeah. tuned. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the commentary. <laughs> the commentary, yeah, commentary track. It's great, and... I appreciate you actually kind of behind the scenes of power down, just bouncing some things off of me. Like I just thought that was really nice. Well, how could I not? I mean, it's, it's SPD. Um, like Eric, if if you haven't already, I'm, I'm somewhat convinced that you had your middle name legally changed to Kruger. Uh, So how how can I not bounce a couple ideas off of you, right? (laughs) But no, 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 thanks for being so cool and contributing a bunch of of cool name suggestions for for Jack. I definitely had the character fleshed out, or at least the the, the high concept fleshed out, but I wasn't entirely sure where I wanted to go from a naming convention. So you were hyper generous. um, Oh, thanks. Certainly super patient. So thanks for being a contributor to it. Yeah, so let's talk about it a little bit. We've got, uh, like Zach mentioned, Deck Arranger with Spectrum Shift ability. We've got Bridge tragically wearing the AI-infused armor of Sophie, who they were engaged. That kind of stabs at the heart, man. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, again, it's sort of one of those things where with each one of these guys, as you're attempting to write the history of a character that's been so well fleshed out, you Mm -hmm. have to find new ground, right? Mm -hmm. And in many respects, some of it was happy accidents, whereby, like, Bridge became the Red Ranger. If you look at the actual show history as to why Matt had come back for that role, it's very interesting, right? It's sort of an impossibility. Mm -hmm. And then it, it just became all that much more interesting that it established a kind of rank order, at least for the first couple um, of suits within the SPD uh, family, the B Squad family. But then again, you have to kind of embrace that and then find something new. And Bridge, mm-hmm. especially, look, I'm I'm going to be entirely candid. I am very biased towards Bridge. Yeah. Um, there is something about that character that hits home for me in a pretty hard way. And I think it it's a lovely thing first and foremost to see him go from a rank-and-file goofball to ultimately the leader of the team. I think that's cool, period. But then when you try to take on some of those um, disparate elements like what Japan had done with um, the mm-hmm. Decca Ranger 10 years after and bringing in Fire Squad Red Ranger, it becomes this open question as to how you got that because it's kind of like a version of the SWAT mode. Right. So what does that mean? Why is it some of the armor but slightly recolored but not all of the SWAT armor, right? Mm-hmm. And then what is Fire Squad? And that was kind of the principal question. But for me, Bridge has been historically this character of whimsy. And I thought it'd be really interesting to place him in circumstances that reinvented him as a character. Like, how do, mm. how do you show a goofball survive trauma? And what does he become after that? So that was sort of an open, open theory or open thread. And then just the, the simple idea that, like, there was chemistry between both he and Sophie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Matt had expressed on one occasion or another that he would have loved to have seen Sophie become part of the team. So when you embrace these things in an almost improvisational fashion, there was just kind of this interesting idea of like putting a goofball through hell. Um, yeah. And then also creating something interesting on on the other side of it. You know, I, definitely a tragic upgrade. Um, and maybe I'm getting a little too long, long-winded here, so forgive me. No, no. But... Um, 
But, you know, I do love the idea that, you know, maybe Sophie was part of the team for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. or at least was specifically involved with some of um, Bridges' stuff. And, you know, knowing that she was a cyborg or had this robot body or something, I, I really felt like there was something cool to the idea that she would maybe even sacrifice herself for Bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because SPD is not above those kinds of moments. Um, right. But then they're still being kind of like a silver lining to it that as a literal expression of their relationship, two would become one. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she would become part of his morpher and certainly part of him. And so for as much as it's like Bridge wearing the suit, it's really Bridge and Sophie together working in tandem as a unit. And I think there's something interesting there about like an old married couple kind of (laughs) dynamic, right? You could still have the humor with Bridge. And that's one of the things I loved about when he came back for once a ranger was even though he was red ranger, he was in that leadership position. He never lost himself and who he was. He was still with humor and he was still a goofball. Yeah. And I think, man, again, you're hitting on all the stuff that tickles me pink about the character, because Mm -hmm. again, if you sort of reinvent his dynamic and you make his would be wife infused it kind of into him in an almost firestorm type way, you get this really interesting dialogue between the two of them. It's very, like, protective of one another. They they sort of occupy the same body. And through the expression or through the lens of Bridge, you could absolutely have these moments in time where everybody's like, is he talking to himself again? <laughs> um, you know, so I, I think that's interesting. Um, and then more more importantly, as sort of a macro expression, there's something really important to me about the idea of, Um, The survivors of trauma, so to Mm -hmm. speak, not only being legitimate versions of themselves, but really kind of being models for the world in whole in that the things that come at you in life need not break you, at least not permanently. And I think there's a wonderful thing about a jokester or at least an authentic jokester not losing sight of that and always still being himself despite the circumstances of life. Um, So maybe I'm getting a little too highfalutin, but... um, (laughs) But these are the kinds of things that are that were floating in my in my head when when we were working on this new version of Bridge. Personally, like my favorite part of all that was actually the whole Ranger Prime thing, and Jack being kind of like in between his two worlds and figuring out like his like happy medium between the two, and he's like this like elite fighting force who just the best. Uh, sorry, I'm like losing all my words right now. <laughs> but um, well, but no, well, let he's me like pinball his, on that, right? Yeah, I'm he, with you, right? I think. I think it was a very powerful moment at the end of Mm. the original broadcast series for Jack to be like, I'm out. I'm good. And we collectively, fandom or otherwise, need not um, drag him back into it. That was his wish. Um, He wanted to go back out because he he felt like he could do more there. For me, Jack coming back as Ranger Prime, so so duly named by one um, Eric Berry. Ranger Prime, I think, again, to, to your point, AP, was just... It was a chance for Jack to live in both worlds comfortably and Mm. feel like he didn't have to wear the badge or the burden of SPD without honoring sort of that that more um, civil-minded tug of of his heart, right? So he didn't have to be full-time SPD, and he could simply be sort of a, a covert member called on for special missions. Yeah. You know, that, that again is like, that feels very jacked to me, that he would be willing to take that on 
because he felt like he had something more to give. Yeah. Um, that's who that guy is, right? Is he's always about what what more can I do? Yeah, like um, do, like do he was meant giving to do. less elsewhere, right? Yeah, no, that's what that's what I liked about it. It's just like him being the best version of himself and doing what he's meant to do and doing like where his heart leads him no matter where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, and with Jack, he can still have the best of both worlds. He was a great ranger just period. Yeah. And for him to like come back to that lifestyle with that kind of like caveat, okay, if if you need me for the heavy lifting special missions, I'm down to still help, but I still have this other life that I'm living. Yeah. yeah. These two things need not compete with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with Sky being the head of Earth's SPD at this point, it almost feels like he would be giving Jack like a solid, like, hey, <laughs> we work great together. If you still want to be a ranger, here's an option. Like we're creating Fire Squad yeah. and this is the perfect way for you to come back. Yeah. A hundred percent, right? He's very much so, or at least in my mind, he's very much so deputized in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why it was very important for me that the Ranger Prime suit would be, in many respects, very reflective of his original suit, mm-hmm. right? I think there was something important, at least in the fabrication of those powers or whatever, that they were honoring Jack, but also honoring the transition that he had made. Um, and certainly not taking anything away from Bridge, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like like one part of me also i mean we kind of covered this on our last episode of the podcast it's just like i really like trent's suit from dino thunder mm-hmm. and i just really like the whole like red visor situation that was going on with his suit so <laughs> just i like the contrast like visually. sure you know once yeah. upon a time we did have big philosophical questions from a design perspective internally as to what the red visor meant um, mm. because we had to, we had to keep an eye on that stuff. And ultimately the, the sort of simpleton answer is that a red visor could reflect corruption uh, as you see it in something like Draken or like you said, the Drago Ranger. But I, I don't think that need be the case. And we're going to see, I probably we're going to see more examples of the red visor on the go forward because it's a great way to break up the silhouette. And honestly, there are lots of examples where it had no, it, it had no um, explanation as to the alignment of a character. Like in Time Force, both Time yeah. Force Red and, and Quantum Ranger have red visors. It doesn't mean anything. So it's just, it's cool. I, I'm, I'm with you, AP. I think it looks really friggin' cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and in this expression, it just felt like a way to, again, kind of draw out the red elements in, in Jack's original suit. Just looking at the overall artwork that uh, Stratos Maka on Twitter, amazing artist. I've seen her work uh, many times. I really like the whole consistency between the three suits. Like, you know, they have all the different color belts, like with hints of red. There's just a cohesive element between all of them that really just says, yeah, these all work together as, as part of fire squad. Yeah, that was important for me. Um, although I will, and first I'm going to kind of shout out Leanne. So if you're not Mm -hmm. following Leanne on Twitter, please do so. Like Eric said, she does some bonkers, uh, art. Um, the stuff that I love most of course is her Ranger and Sentai inspired stuff, but you can find her at Stratos Maka, M-A-C-C-A on Twitter. Um, but she was great uh, in, in putting this together. It came together very, very quickly. 
Uh, and it's because of Leanne that I noticed a much smaller detail that I wasn't expecting on the SPD suits, which is if you actually look at um, the Decca Red Fire Squad suit, they changed the belt buckle to actually read mm-hmm. SPDFS. And so when we were doing the the art that we built around this particular post, that was an important detail that we decided to replicate across all three suits to reflect kind of their FS status, the mm-hmm. fire squad status. But yeah, man, I'm all about it. I love those little details. And, and I, I do think the suits were specifically designed to be complementary to one another, right? This, oh, is yeah. a little, this is a little unit. They're not an established unit. If anything, they're off the books. And it was important to me that they kind of came off as like, as kind of a squad unto a squad, if you will. It's just so cool. (laughs) I I mean, I was geeking out when you showed me because anyone who's, you know, not living under a rock, I'm, I'm just huge into SPD and stuff like this. Anything that expands the world, the universe of that not so distant future now, it just, it really gets me thinking about just the show and and what it means and and what's the future of it. And I don't know how many times I've seen or heard Greg Aronowitz say, I could get all these guys back together and we could just film something. And, you know, with Decca Ranger 10 years after and some of the auxiliary stuff we've gone with Shadow Ranger over the years, it's even in Sentai terms, it just feels like the gift of SPD keeps on giving. So (laughs) I love stuff like this. Well, and I think that's part of the established story for SPD is that Mm. it's an institution um, and people cycle in and out of those institutions, right? It's not a, it's not a fixed period in time. So to me, like any other uh, institution, I think there's an infinite amount of storytelling there, especially when you're talking about Rangers and, and especially when you're talking about the fact that we've established, or there, there is an established lore around the idea that these powers are created. They're terrestrial, um, they're given to specific deputized officers, and there's a there's a big swatch of them that kind of, even though they are visually coherent, they all have different inspirations or or come from different units. So I think there's a lot there's a lot there that can be exploited. And like you said, Eric, the the original vision was I think 2025, right? So we're yeah. we're getting pretty close there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. SPD has always geeked me out. Frankly speaking, many of the the Ranger seasons geek me out in their own respective ways. But SPD has a kind of uniformity that touches many of the other paramilitary expressions of Power Rangers, uh, Grid Battle Force included. And maybe as a small little tease, perhaps, of a future Power Down drop, you know, I would love to one day maybe explain or explore, at least in my mind, how things like SPD, Lightspeed, Grid Battle Force are sort of... They are connected, um, right. and they should be connected, right? And they are, they're borrowing each other's learnings and technology. And in some cases, and, and maybe I'm giving away too much here, but in my headcanon, you know, these different paramilitary organizations could really be mutations of each other. Yeah, uh, Silver Guardians, Time Force. A hundred percent, right? Like there is something in my mind, and I, I'm, now I'm just geeking, now and please keep in mind these are not um these are not refined ideas maybe i'm just kind of beta testing them in the room here but like there's a version of of light speed rescue in my mind that is potentially directly connected to grace and and terra venture mm. there's also a version where that's not the case and light speed actually became grid battle force 
um, as it took on a, m- a much broader global view. It all comes down to like the the players that are involved that are involved, and honestly, the the politics too that shape these things. Right. Right. Once upon a time, even in our our country's own military history, the job special specialization of of many of these different units, you know, things like the CIA didn't exist two hundred years ago. Right. Right. And so these things were born progressively, and as that job specialization was shaped by real world events, I imagine the same is is in the Power Ranger universe as well. So it'd be fun to kind of explain how these things are connected or hopefully explain my headcanon as to how these <laughs> things are connected. And then on the same token, explain away some of the inconsistencies. I know that um, a lot of people online have speculated, like, why does Grid Battle Force have gear um, in their in their Ranger mm. world, uh that in theory does not exist yet? And I think there are answers to those kinds of questions because that's what Power Rangers is all about. Okay, AP, you have to ask it because we were literally just talking <laughs> yeah, about this. Yeah, this is like the best setup. This you can is ask the for best AP. segue, AP. Okay, all right. Um, Shoot your shot. Shoot. Wait, Don't throw away. Wait, you can't put me in this position, Eric. <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> no, so. I mean, okay. I, First off, let me preface this to our listeners. It's, it's kind of a spoiler. It That's is a spoiler. It's, to, it's a total spoiler. We're talking kind of about the finale, just a, a small part of the finale of Beast Morphers. So, which everybody watched legitimately when they were traveling overseas. Yes. 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 Yeah. Completely. Um. But no. So in that that part in the finale, spoiler. Where... Spoiler. 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 Um, like skip ahead five minutes if you yeah, want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that part in the finale where um, the Beast Morphers Rangers, where they use the kind of like classic Ranger weapons. Yeah. I was just wondering if there was like any rhyme or reason to like why they used certain weapons or if, or if they just like kind of. More specifically, because AP loves the Yellow Ranger for Beast Morphers, Zoe. Yeah. And so do I. She, she uses. A light speed weapon. And AP was like, I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle myself at that point. Eric was like sending me screenshots and I was like, holy crap, is this real? Like I was, I was like, not okay. Um, Um, rhyme or reason. Okay. So there, there are certainly like real world reasons why those props were selected. And then there are in-universe reasons why those props were in the vault. So I guess I'm going to choose the latter because that's so much more interesting. But like mm-hmm. we were touching on earlier, I, I think in my heart of hearts, um, the explanation is that things like Lightspeed, um, things like SPD, which at this point in time in 2020, in theory, would be coming together, if not is already together, Mm -hmm. um, as a formal institution on Earth. There are reasons why these things are not only interconnected from from an agency standpoint, but I think they are trading secrets, so to speak, right? They're all authorized and complementing one another. But I also think, and maybe I'm giving away uh, a little too much here, uh, but (laughs) for Ranger Command, why not? But again, in my heart of hearts, there's an alternate explanation. Um, and that alternate explanation is that, sure, they could be trading stuff. They could also have maybe found that stuff. So there, there is a version of this story where, for those that subscribe, not everybody does, but for those that subscribe, the universe was shattered or the multiverse was shattered. 
And when things like that happen at such a big and cosmic scale, and when the people on the front lines of that battle um, are doing so pan-dimensionally, things are going to fall through the cracks. Mm. And we, we explained that in, um, in sort of the, the necessary evil arc, whereby certain individuals had been infused with pieces of the Morphin Grid. I think just as easily, like a sift, um, physical artifacts could have easily come back from kind of the point of no return, and maybe different organizations, not the least of which Grid Battle Force, could have gone out and and swept that stuff up, Um, not only in their own authority, but perhaps in their attempt to understand and research what happened to the universe, Um, and ultimately using those technologies to build their own. So things to think about which totally ties in to just beast morphers in general because they are more so than any other ranger team are directly tapping into the morphing grid as an energy source and i mean spoilers for the rest of the season i'm not going to go into details but we see the effects of the morphing grid and them tapping directly into it in season two yeah. And it just opens up so many possibilities. So I'm going to bring up two other things real quick uh, to maybe help explain this idea. So I'm sure some consortium of people on this on this discussion have seen the movie Shazam, right? Yes. Uh, there is a there's a really great and kind of spooky underlying idea in Shazam towards the first third of the movie where this is, there's like a private organization and they are interviewing people about a shared trauma um, that, mm. you know, everybody has had sort of the same dream or the same experience. Um, and they're all attempting to explain it in sort of a witness kind of way. I think that's very fascinating, right? When, when the universe reset, so to speak, in the wake of, of Shattered Grid, our own Ranger team, some people remembered or were made to remember, I should say. But, like, what about us civilians? Did somebody remember a phantom life that no longer exists? And in Grid Battle Force or, or whatever primordial version of Grid Battle Force was out there interviewing people, I think it's not outside the scope of possibility for them to say, hey, we think something big happened and not everybody remembers it. And then they find evidentiary proof of that um, as they go out into the world and they're hunting artifacts and um, that kind of thing. I think there's something there. The other piece that I'll bring up is, it, and this is a very sad story, but there's an old comic series called Astro City, and I don't know if you've you've heard of it or or seen it, but one of the it's a there's a comic story out there. I think it was like an issue zero kind of thing that really haunts me to this day, which is it was a simple story about a man that remembers the wife he never had, mm. um, and it it leads him, if I recall correctly, it leads him to suicide. Um, and then he is stopped by uh, a, a cosmic entity called the Hang- Hanged Man, who basically just tells the guy, you're not wrong. You, re- you basically remember a world that no longer exists. And so be free. Don't, don't carry the, the tragedy or the burden of thinking you're crazy. This thing happened and you should mourn it. And you are unfortunately, you're, you're unfortunately the small um, byproduct of a much bigger play. And so try and live your life for as hard as that is, because you're, you're not crazy, you know? And I think, I think there's something to that. And anyway, I'm getting highfalutin. I'm very excited. <laughs> again. But um, this is the kind of like poetic architecture that really geeks me out about this kind of stuff. 
Oh, yeah. It's fascinating that you say that because we've seen instances, whether in Megaforce, where you've got some lady saying, what's a Power Ranger? Yes. Even in Lightspeed Rescue, we had this lady that was like, monsters? What are you talking about? And it's like, lady, you're living in the city with the monsters. (laughs) And it's fascinating that you can come up with ways to... And, and we've done this on, on Ranger Command before, like our own headcanons, and we've talked about other people's headcanons, and I think those are valid until either the show contradicts it head on, but we all have like these little universes that we build in our head that are complementary to what we see like in the comics or in the shows or, or what have you. Well, and 100 friggin' percent, because the reality is we are all of a like age where we grew up with this stuff, so mm-hmm. to speak, where these things greatly influenced our lives through the years. And the people that are sort of running the shows the, or the, the movies that we all love in many respects are products of, of the original expressions of those universes. And so everybody carries that version of headcanon with them, or I should say people that like love this stuff as much as we all do. They carry versions of that headcanon with them. And in some respects, those headcanons become important for the work that they eventually do from an official capacity. So you're mm-hmm. right. Until somebody contradicts it, that's valuable stuff. And, and the imagination is really, it's the treasure trove that keeps us all hooked on these worlds and universes. And I'm a small example of that because I carried all this stuff inside of me for years. And it's the craziest thing. Like, I'll, I'll tell you straight. Going to college, when I was in college, I was obsessed with this idea of, like, there has to be this paramilitary um, Power Ranger unit out there that lives maybe on top of, around of, or adjacent to things like Lightspeed and Time Force. And at the time, in sort of my college brain, I just called it the project, right? And I had this whole, like, world build out, built out as to what that would look like and structurally what it would feel like and... I would imagine myself driving into the the project campus and all that kind of stuff. And if I didn't get an opportunity to express some of that stuff and and mm-hmm. and it's now quote unquote canonical for you know whatever the value of that is to to folks listening. But that stuff to me is very important. And if anything, it's a big part of why we all love what we love because we imagine ourselves in these worlds. And then more importantly, we are the creators, right? Like we get to shape it. And then, lo and behold, what is power down? It's exactly this. It's awesome. I just, I I love where this is going. I I love even the little behind the scenes, like the stories like, oh, hey, here's, here's the story behind the Master Morpher coins that, Mm -hmm. you know, from a production standpoint, we weren't able to use them in this way. So they had to do a CGI, like anything official or behind the scenes or, or, you know, even, you know, these pitches for SPD and, uh, supernova it's great because it, it just there's more content there's more there's more things to think about and ingest and whether that branches into other things like i love it because you know ranger nation is just full of so many creative people like yes. cosplayers and artists and designers and, and writers oh well thanks <laughs> <laughs> but well, really but yeah yeah Whatever we create, yes, podcasters, video creators, what stuff like the Viewing Globe did was, you know, yes. highlighting. Kudos, different... by the way. So huge. So awesome. Yeah. 
And there was so many creators even from that that I'm like now subscribing to. I mean, gosh, the the guy that was able to do all the stop motion from like a toy perspective in the real yeah. world. It's <laughs> there's so many creative people and that's what I love about Power Down. It's like your take on your creative energy to still get this stuff out into the world and get people thinking. And that that's why I love the concept. Oh, thanks. And really, it's it's as much necessity as it is my chance to add a small piece um, to the, the bigger whole. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one of the things that I love most about this community and about Ranger Nation in general is it has always been dialogue driven and everybody has so much to lend to the bigger idea, even if that is simply sort of living the ethos of the brand and and leaning into diversity, which has become such an important thing, especially now, or, you know, passing it on to the next generation where where they've Mm -hmm. got kids or on the very same token, like you said, Eric, like adding something, whether it be stop motion or, you know, a podcast discussion or, or simply art. All of this stuff is really in my heart of hearts is the greatest value of fandom is when it is not about idolizing a thing on a hill, but rather contributing to its greater story and in turn letting that story contribute to a greater self. I don't know. So Power Down is just, it's my, it's my little piece for now that gives me not only peace of mind, gives me a chance to express some of those ideas that I never got to realize or share some of those behind the scenes stories that have, I'm going to be so proud of and, and treasure for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean- I just want to say before we get any further, listening to everything right now that you're saying, Jason, is, I mean, I can't say that I've ever worked on like an official brand like this, so people might not be like too interested in what I have to say, but no, it's like inspiring me with like my own ideas right now that I've never even considered, just like my own head cannons and everything like that. It's just, I've got so many ideas in my brain right now, and I am probably going to like do like a tweet storm after we're done yeah, and just like you know, unload all of like my new head cannons that I've <laughs> never even thought of before. Well, and that, that's the thing AP, right? Like you chase that devil for all it's worth. I'll, I'll just be frank with all of you, you know, as somebody who has outside of like professional work or something, I'm just talking about school as somebody who has uh, studied this stuff and writes and has written professionally and writes purely for my own peace of mind, every single story out there, Power Rangers inclusive, um, is iterative. And it's based on bigger stories or older stories that were being told well before it, right? And just because there are things that we like about this current story or this current expression, that's by no means a limiter on your ability to imagine something new. Some of the best things ever were accidental, for lack of a better phrase, fan art. And I guess a perfect example, a perfect catalyst example that created Super Sentai and that created the tradition of Power Rangers as we know it is, I'm going to take it back to the turn of the century, or not turn of the century, but um, you know the 30s and 40s um, when Walt Disney was producing Donald Duck cartoons. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, there was uh, a singular fan who loved Donald Duck so much that he attempted to recreate the same proportions in a humanized character, a humanized character that became um, the grandpappy of all anime characters 
uh, Astro Boy. And then Astro Boy birthed and spawned essentially every single piece of anime that we now know today, which birthed and spawned an entire cultural revolution that comes out of Japan and created things like Kamen Rider and ultimately Super Sentai. So every great idea has spawned other great ideas, and chase it, I, chase it, AP. I cannot wait to see what you create. Yeah, I mean, I'm like constantly. I don't work in entertainment right now, but that's kind of like the direction I was kind of going towards before I made my like giant drastic career change. Yeah, and like it's still in the back of my mind, like constantly, just like ideas and thoughts and everything. And I'm gonna tweet storm after well, this. And, and I guess the funny thing. Um, if I can offer just a little bit of, you know, friend to friend or peer to peer advice, it would be do not be discouraged. Even in my own journeys, I have found, gosh, I, I have found a lot of pushback in the kinds of things that I want to do or how I want to do them or how I thought things worked. And at some point, maybe I'll, I'll share some of those stories. But what I have found, or I guess the lesson that I am continually being made to learn over and over and over again is that just because somebody doesn't validate the idea as you are expressing it doesn't mean that the idea is invalid you know and and sometimes if it doesn't work how do i say this i'm sort of flying off the cuff here but uh, if i get mixed metaphors i'm sorry but if it doesn't work as prose maybe it works better as comics and if it doesn't work better as comics maybe it works better as a show or if it doesn't work as any of those things, maybe it's best as an improvisational play. This is a lesson that I am regularly relearning, and it's very painful because there's a lot of hard work lost. But at the same token, the process is the treasure, right? Oh, yeah. uh, everything else is a paid vacation, as my wife likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just this conversation, I'm even I'm like engaging in creative cylinders, and I'm inspired yeah. and. That's what I love about this fandom. That's what I love about, you know, the people that I've met through Power Rangers is that there's so much creative energy and ideas and just great ideas and good people that have the ability to create them. And uh, I'm just, I'm inspired. It it gets that creative energy going. (laughs) I'm going to take no onus on that, but I'm certainly going to reflect it back. Uh, That's a a big part of what, excites me about fandoms when they are at their best, especially in Ranger Nation, is that it inspires, even if it's as simple as keeping people going. You know, let's be real. The last six months have been really hard. Um, And for those Mm -hmm. listening outside of the United States, that's simply a reflection of the thing, or in the future, that's simply a reflection of what we are living through right now um, in in the midst of, you know, a virus that has reshaped our everyday life and has interrupted almost everything that we love. And so, you know, what you guys are doing, and I, I want to be very clear when I'm, when I'm, I want to turn that mirror on you for a second, this really matters. I would argue that it matters a whole lot more than maybe you give yourselves credit for. I cannot tell you the amount of comfort and, and solace that I have found in consistently listening to Ranger Command over the last couple of years, Right. It has been like an old friend. It has lifted me up, in some cases kept me going. And I want you guys to know that what you are doing totally matters. It keeps the dialogue going. And, and it's positive in a world of 
skepticism and garbage hot takes, Ranger Command <laughs> dares to do the opposite. And while you are certainly entitled to your opinions and the things you like and you don't like, I don't know if I have ever heard the three of you belittle anything, um, nonetheless anyone in this fandom. And that's a big old heap of credit to the three of you. So thank you. And, and thank you for letting me smile on my Sunday mornings when I'm doing my grocery shopping or whatever. Your work matters. And I really appreciate you as, as a fellow fan and certainly as a benefactor of your good work. Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm verklempt here Thank right you. now. I can't. This is... Jason, you're too kind. It's just real. It's just real. I'm not... Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to blow steam. It's just real. I mean, we certainly appreciate it. And honestly, when we started this, we just wanted to do something fun in the fandom. And I think to that like end, a, we've like achieved our goal. Yeah, it was like a 1 a.m. Uh, 1 a.m. Yep. Uh, like tweet idea that blossomed into like what Zach just said. It's just like it blossomed into this whole this whole like thing for the fandom and just doing talking about what we love and it's and people are listening. It's kind of my it continues to be mind blowing. I'll be yeah, I'll, that's anyway. what I was gonna say. It's still shocking the fact yeah. that we have people who actually listen to this show and hear us ramble and <laughs> be crazy, but we, we we wouldn't be where we are without those listeners. Yeah, we get those listener numbers from our network, and yeah, I mean, we're just continually surprised, and Jason, I just want to say thank you, because, you know, we, we hear feedback like that, not not as much as we'd, we'd like, and just in yeah. terms of, of frequency, but whenever someone says, hey, I listen to you guys while my daily commute, or I'm on my run, or I've made this a ritual as part of my Saturday... It means the world to us. And, you know, just thank you, Jason, for your continued support, too, uh, through the years. And, yeah, I mean, you know, not to pat ourselves too much on, on the back, but, I mean, that was the whole premise of Ranger Command was, like, we want to do Ranger Nation spotlights. We want to talk about the things that people are excited about. And so just thank you for all that, because uh, otherwise, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to respond to that, but just thanks, because that, that really means a lot. Take it. You, you guys deserve the compliments. I know it's as somebody who struggles with taking compliments. I get it, but you deserve it. Please absorb it. And if yeah. nothing else, like how many other people, you know, it, the world is really defined by sayers and doers. And how many other people, uh, say they're going to do something and don't. And here you are, you committed mm. to this crazy idea and you're years into it. S seven years in oh bonkers. <laughs> so if nothing yeah. else, Zach, Eric, AP, you guys are doers and you're doing something that for some, it doesn't have to be a huge amount. Maybe it is a huge amount. I don't know. But for, for certainly some, it friggin' matters. And so, yeah, take it. You deserve it. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, just the whole COVID thing and the whole world changing, we're, we're living in a time where things are so uncertain and it just seems like every day there's something different that we go, what the hell is going yeah. on? And I made that commitment, you know, I could either like lie down and just give up or keep at least one thing normal in my life. And that's, that's talking to cool people. That's talking to AP and Zach, two of my best friends in the entire world. 
And I, I mean, sometimes these things that don't get recorded are just like, almost like therapy sure. sessions yeah. in a way. Uh, yeah. I mean, we spend a good 10 minutes before each episode, just kind of like catching up and being like, okay, how are you? Are you holding up? Like things are crappy right now. Let's catch up. And it is helpful. It is very I, I helpful. Do, you know, as selfishly as a listener, I do have to ask, have the three of you ever met in person? Like, do you know what AP looks like? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that was our Ranger okay. stop episode. I just like I, to we, imagine we, that we AP does not have that. a face. Let me be clear. Like, like, I, I, I do imagine that AP is wearing the Lightspeed yellow helmet at all times, right? Let nobody I mean, know. Like, I kind of did that at Ranger Stop, too. <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, before, so the first time we all met, like, in person was Ranger Stop. But, um, mm-hmm. but we did Skype, like, several several times before that so like we all knew we were real people. yeah and we're we're friends on yeah. facebook for yeah. years so we we all know what each other looks like there's no i think we've there. joked that like if we ever do get the chance to do a live podcast panel like poor ap is gonna have to wear a mask the whole time i'll just sit in the back of the room pretend like i'm nobody <laughs> and then like just like casually stroll on up there It'll oh that like- would be so much fun <laughs> Like surprise, AP is actually here. She's a real person. She exists. We swear. She's not a she's not a voice box on the internet. I'll just like boost my own ego, like they do those uh like they did those cast reveals <laughs> at um PMC where they're all walking around the floor for a while. Nobody knows who they are. That kills me. The fact that you guys like pulled that off so often at every PMC and just like oh the cast is here and nobody knows what they look like. Oh, that was tricky. It's always been tricky. <laughs> Yeah, any anything you want to share, like a, at least for Beast Morphers or... I mean, if there's anything you can share as to how the sausage gets made. Uh, as to how we keep folks secret? Yeah, because that seems to be a big topic of discussion <laughs> well, right now for Dino Fear. Well, um, what, I, what I will share... Uh, well, look, um, obviously I'm no longer a part of it, but uh, yeah. in my time, the influence of social media has evolved right so let's be real um things like Mm -hmm. twitter and instagram and snapchat and tiktok many of these things were born over the last half decade um if not full decade Mm -hmm. but their their degrees of importance and adoption by the general public has been progressive right so like cyber sleuthing and figuring things out and all that kind of stuff is a relatively new art um certainly within the last three to four years uh, on some of these platforms, certainly as it pertains to Mm -hmm. Power Rangers. But through the years, I mean, it was, it's been a combination of things. I know that with, with, uh, I'll I'll let you know a little bit how the sausage is made. So with Dino Charge, with Ninja Steel, those casts were allowed to walk around the convention. Mm. And I guess that's a reflection of, where fandoms are at in general these days is that nobody would think twice about any kind of person running around a convention being a fan of something, right? Even though they are ridiculously attractive people, um, <laughs> you know, it's not that suspicious, especially when you're at a convention mm-hmm. with all sorts of other actors and maybe they're friends of friends or, you know, those kinds of things. I think it's just people can be inconspicuous because that's the Mm -hmm. face of fandom these days. There is no one physical look to a fan. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really excited about that that idea. But I will also say that for Beast Morpher specifically, we did not allow them to be at the convention center. 
certainly not together. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. that was one of the ways that we were able to protect them, um, or at least to guard that secret until we were ready to make that announcement. Okay. It was just funny when, when Zach and I were at, at PMC and actually Ranger Stop last year was AP's first mm-hmm. convention, but before Beast Morpher cast was like shown at PMC and even before Beast Morphers was announced, like AP, I mean, you were just such a huge fan of like Go Busters, j- just the suit, oh, yeah. the look of like yellow bunny ranger. And sure enough, Jacqueline Sislowski gets announced at PMZ and Zach and I are like, she kind of looks like AP, <laughs> like from a, like a general standpoint. Like, and we're like, yeah, what's we, we going on? The cast comes up and, Eric is exactly one row behind me, and I turn back and I go, she kind of looks like AP, right? Like, I'm not just seeing things here. <laughs> like, if she was a brunette, like, that would be pretty close. Well, you know, it, it, may, maybe I'm getting into my own ridiculousness a little bit too much here by sharing this, but one of my big learnings entering working on Power Rangers and then op- obviously getting to know people through the years is every person I've ever met in the cast was always roughly my height and always roughly my build. And I always, like, remember that as a kind of small validation of, like, I could have been a ranger, you know? Like, um, so I, I get the feels there, AP. I totally get the feels. Yeah. And that's another great thing just about Power Rangers in general. I, I mean, I know, like, like Sentai 5, when they announced um, Jazz Baduwalia, uh for Beast Morphers Blue as Ravi, I mean, he was, he was tearing up because yeah. there's, there's representation there and representation matters just so much, not just in, in the shows that we watch, but in the fandoms. And and Jason, you had that great point that nowadays, like everyone is a fan of something. There is no, cause back when I was a kid, I mean, I was made fun of for, you know, how I looked and kind of like, Oh, well, of course you're a fan of these things because you know, you've got the sure. glasses, you're a nerd, whatever. But nowadays it's just, anyone can be a fan of whatever they want. And there, the stereotypes are, you know, slowly yeah. going away. They're not gone, yeah. but that, they're going oh, away. Gosh, you are, hitting something really important to me. So I'll, I'll share two quick thoughts. Um, the first one is, so once upon a time, um, one of my assignments in conjunction with several other people, Melissa Flores included, who's one of the most incredible, lovely human beings on the planet. One of our assignments was actually to define the brand or the franchise pillars of Power Rangers, because we had to treat it like, what is the treatise, the constitution of Power Rangers going forward? Because Hasbro had obviously purchased something, didn't necessarily know what the shape or the DNA of the animal was. We had to write that charter so that if it was us or other people 20 years from now, it would still look, feel, and be a pure expression of Power Rangers, right? And, and one of those franchise pillars I will share was diversity or is diversity. Uh, that's something that the franchise has always been about. And in my heart of hearts and, and my hope of hopes, it will always be about. But to your point, Eric, I guess I'm a little bit in the same boat and on the opposite end of the spectrum. Growing up, gratefully so, I was surrounded by uh, people in my family um, and certainly, you know, my extended friends and friends and and everyone uh, was very supportive of me being into cool shit. Um, mm-hmm. and unapologetically so, right? I never felt like I was made to hide any one of my individual fandoms, 
In high school, I was known for loving Power Rangers, amongst other things, right? And that never impacted my sense of self or social status or anything like that. And I do recognize and appreciate Mm -hmm. what a unique experience that was for when I grew up. But I am very glad to see that, like we were talking about earlier about um, the cast being at things like PMC, I'm very glad to see that these big ideas, these franchises, these characters that we all love, they have now transcended a specific part of of the community of folks out there uh, and that anybody could be a fan of something, right? I just, I love that so very much, you know, and and that the world in that respect is certainly a little bit more open-minded to these ideas. That's important. So as a community, I think tacitly and, and actively, we are contributing to this, this big idea that it's okay to love this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And if anything, it's this stuff that really draws us together when everything else feels divisive, you know? It, yeah. You know, we may not share the same politics or live in the same state or even the same country, uh, we may have broadly different socio and economic backgrounds, but at the end of the day, we can meet in a forum or on Twitter and be like, Batman's awesome, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Batman Day. That Yeah, I do have to apologize. I don't remember whether or not we can swear on the podcast. So oh, please, you can please, swear. It's just going to be free to bleep me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do it plenty. So feel free to swear. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Oh, I get it now. AP is all profanity. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, basically. It makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just one kind of news thing that I just wanted to talk about because, uh, Jason, I, I just want to thank you for coming on the show, but I also want you to feel like you're a part of it, too. So some news broke. Oh. <laughs> The 45th uh, Sentai trademark yes. uh, was was found out. And I just want to get everyone's reaction on this. It's, and forgive my pronunciation if I screw this up, but it's uh, Kikai Sentai Zenkaiger. And the name roughly translates to Machine World Task Force Full Throttle. Machine could be aircraft as well, uh, just from the uh, the Japanese. Kikai is a pun in itself. Kikai is a machine, but the kanji used is machine world. It could also mean aircraft world. While Zenkai is commonly uh, full throttle, it could also be a pun on all worlds. So that's the only information that we have. But it's a 45th anniversary Sentai, so I'm excited for the whole all-worlds concept. And oh, we are talking man. about the multiverse before. Prep your wallet, because I forgot it's an anniversary <laughs> season, and that means a collectible that's going to be, like, insane. I just want them to bring back Ranger Keys. <laughs> oh. If, oh, man, Go Kaiger is, like, it's probably my favorite Super Sentai. I hear you. I get a little itchy thinking about Ranger Keys. <laughs> Well, I have all the Japanese ones, so I wish they would fill in the gaps for the the seasons they haven't done. But yeah, I'm just ready for whatever this next anniversary gimmick is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say uh, I do have a little bit of formulaic understanding of how how Toei does this stuff because we were we were involved in like the, mm-hmm. the ground floor of creating things like 
what is now Kira Major, Major, and certainly Kyo, not Kyo Ryujir. Why am I blanking? Help me out. Uh, Ryu Soldier. Ryu Soldier. Um, so, you know, we were involved um, mm-hmm. once upon a time, right? That stuff does not happen in a bubble, or at least it didn't in my time. So I know that as a anniversary season, there are certain expectations on the consortium because that's one thing maybe the listeners don't know is that Super Sentai in Japan is a consortium product. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a product between Toei and Bandai and other entities. Usually you see that stuff at the front of like the front card if you're watching subs, right? Like this presentation brought to you by McDonald's and Toei (laughs) and Bandai and whatever. Uh, And and usually a broadcaster of some kind. Mm -hmm. So there are expectations on certain seasons. There's also a formulaic way that they approach some seasons based on performance of the season before it. So I'll give you an example. What's what's an example? Loophat. Loophat is a great example of formulaically, it was a quote-unquote risky season Mm -hmm. where they were giving themselves the latitude to try ideas that they've never done before. Mm-hmm. And then anniversary seasons tend to be more referential of the past in some capacity. Like Gokaiger is a perfect example, right? So it's interesting because we're on an anniversary season. So we'll see what that means. I'm excited. That's all I'll say. I'm excited. I love the designers that work on this stuff. And I'm always continually impressed by their ability to create new ideas or revised ideas, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably with you, Jason. I love mecha that are machine vehicle themed and this sounds like it might be right up my alley so i'm interested to see what'll happen it's also uh 10 years after go kyger so mm. i'm just saying i'd love to see marvels again and and the crew at some point for for you this know, new one i'm into it can't wait some of my favorite memories are like whatever that first week in December, seeing things pop while I'm out to dinner with, you know, with family or whatever, and just being hyper geeked up and excited. Um, so I can't wait until that stuff drops. Well, uh, while we have Jason here, any other pressing questions that you might have? Oh, I'm sure I could spend hours picking Jason's brain, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think our listeners have the patience for that. <laughs> um, nothing that we haven't pretty much covered already. Well, Jason, any parting words for our listeners? Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, so, uh, again, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. Second, thanks for doing what you do, because that stuff matters, not only to myself, but to other people out there, especially now. Third, thanks for continuing to, uh, you know, hang out with me online, so to speak, and and embrace me as part of the fandom. Uh, My transition back into the fandom was not in the way that I had hoped last year, but ultimately has been a, a ground of very fertile and, and incredible friendships. And uh, I'm just so excited and so grateful to be part of the fandom again and adding my small piece for, I don't know, man, uh, if, if you're listening and, you, and you'd like to reach out and say hi over socials, please don't be shy. Please do so. Um, I can't promise I will always be talking about Power Rangers stuff, but I do talk about it with some frequency. And Power Downs has certainly encouraged me to participate a little bit more. I will tease that I've got all sorts of crazy things written down that I hope to um, express through the lens of Power Down over the coming months and years. So stand by. But I've got all sorts of fan theories and big ideas and a lot of unexpected things that I think people are going to want (laughs) to see or hear about. So please tune in. Even if you're just following the hashtag, you do not have to follow me. And then my, uh, my shameless plug is that 
you know, again, I've been working at Funko for about a year now. I've got all sorts of really incredible, lovely things that are about to see the light of day. One of which, um, if you would all be so kind to take a peek at it, in just a couple weeks' time here, there's going to be a new mobile video game dropping called Funko Pop Blitz. Um, and it, start, it stars all your favorite characters in one emoji-style puzzle game. So um, we'll be launching, like I said, in just a couple weeks. It's one of my projects. Check that out and let me know what characters you would love to see in it, even if they are of a more phenomenal variety. <laughs> oh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a second while uh, while we have you here. Uh, uh, more Power Rangers Funko, please. <laughs> just putting in that request. Uh, I will <laughs> gladly take that request, and I will counter and tease back that it's not always our decision, so please encourage yeah, those people yeah. that make those choices around the franchises they own to explore those kinds of things as well. Absolutely. Jason, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and just to like reconnect and just an open invitation. Uh, you're welcome back on the show. Anytime you want to chat about something or, you know, want to get an idea out there, we're definitely here to have you on again. Well, I would love to do that. Let's not wait another four years. Or if you need fan commentary on that Murloc episode, you give me, you give me a call. <laughs> All right. Oh, there, yeah, there absolutely. We could do a um, we could do a commentary with you and just pick an episode and um, just do like a fun commentary yeah. episode with you. Yeah. yeah. Do not be shy, especially when we're all locked in our homes uh, right now. Let's just right. have some fun. You got you. You guys are wonderful people, and I'd love to help. If nothing else, I'd love to selfishly hear your voices and hang out for an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. We're yeah. always happy to have you on, Jason. It's always good to talk to you, man. I miss hanging out with you. I miss. <laughs> that energy that we had at PMC that year where everyone was just like, it was just a big party, you know? And I yeah. love that about this fandom. Well, um, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm very much so right here alongside all of you. And so, yeah, hit me up. Let's jam. And again, thanks for having me on. You guys have been super generous. Thank you, Jason. And you. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and rangercommandpowerhour, all one word, on Instagram and Facebook. Once again, Jason, thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. The power protect you. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.